Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to First City Forum. My name is Catherine Tatsuda. It is a gorgeous day in Ketchikan. Happy February 1st, everybody. And it has been a while since I've been on the air. Oh my gosh, golly. Wowzers. I think it's been over a year since I've been on First City Forum, and I can't tell you how happy I am to be back. I kind of got wrangled into this. I'm going to be hosting two days a week, Tuesday and Wednesdays, and the entire focus of my shows are going to be all about community. We're going to be having conversations with people uh, and organizations, uh, all sorts of great stuff, really surrounding and focusing on what's happening in the community, who's working hard to make where we live better, all of that good stuff. Um, And, you know, I, I want to talk to you guys, too. So at some point in time, we're going to have like a call-in show and I'm going to talk to everybody out there. I'm super excited about that. So to help me break the ice back into being live on the radio, I have three pretty awesome individuals in the room with me. (laughs) I'm going to start off with uh, Deborah Hayden. I have O.C. Knowlton and the infamous Bill Tatsuda. They are in the studio with me, and they're going to be talking all about their organization, um, uh, Grow Ketchikan. So if you haven't heard about Grow Ketchikan, that's an economic development nonprofit that's working hard on um, expanding opportunities and business here. So hello, everybody. Welcome. Hello, Hi. Hi. Hi, How are you doing today? All's well. Great so far. Great so far. <laughs> Good. I know it's still kind of early in the day, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know. <Well. laughs> For Bill, who's had a forced retirement recently, right? Yeah. Yeah, and this is about as early as I get nowadays. Okay, it's as early as you get. Yeah. So, okay. So, can you want to explain to me and and who's out there listening what exactly Grow Ketchikan is and give us a little bit of history on on what it is. Grow Ketchikan became very active in 2017 when we got our 501c3. And since then, we've done a market expansion for kelp farming and food production and safety businesses. We've provided in-depth market research from an organization that has experienced generating millions of dollars for their companies and creating jobs for clients, and it brought new insights to these local businesses. And we've been counseling with individual businesses the whole time. Most recently, during the cataclysm of the pandemic, we assisted local businesses and people in bringing $1.9 million into the Ketchikan economy through the CARES Act and ARPA applications. For most of them, we just answered questions or we work, uh, for some of them, we worked through the application with them and we filled out a whole application for one fisherman who was about to lose his house and he received enough to keep that house. So we do that kind of thing for businesses and I'm going to turn it over to Bill here who can talk about what he does and what he his role is in absolutely yeah 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 well you you've just heard deborah hayden talk about what grow ketchikan does and mostly what grow ketchikan has done so far was is 
basically what Deborah Hayden's been doing so far. <laughs> so she's really the heart and the drive of Grow Ketchikan. Uh, I agreed to be on the board of directors, and I'm the president in title only, probably. Uh, but, you know, we, we put together uh, a group of people that are on, on this board that are experienced, are local people, you probably know them all. Uh, you know, me, for instance, you know, we had Tatsudas for over 100 years, <clears throat> and I've started several businesses around town. Um, we also have Krista Bruce, who everyone knows, she was a music teacher, uh, and she's also been involved in small business for years and years. She's, and she's now involved with a lot of uh, nonprofits like Peace Health and the Ketchikan Community Foundation. And we also have Jeremy Yoder, who's the owner of uh, Alaska Crepe Company downtown, and he also has the uh, Pilot Pilot House, House Pilot House Coffee out at the Commons mm-hmm. at uh, Tongass Federal Credit Union, and so and he's also quite knowledgeable in remote working. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and so he's on our board. Calvin Trout used to be with uh, the Job Service here is on our board. Uh, and we have a new member, Rebecca Thalen, um, who is one of the people who started Little Taste of Texas Barbecue out by Walmart. And so, you know, in addition to Deborah, who's actually a professional grant writer, among other things. Um, so we have, we have people in this organization that can help other people. And that's the whole purpose of us. We're here to grow Ketchikan. We're here to help grow jobs keep jobs, sustain jobs, uh, come up with new ideas, uh, and just promote the growth in Ketchikan. Uh, Deborah does the heavy lifting. O.C. Knowlton is new. Uh, yeah, do you want to chime in, yeah. O.C.? Yeah, absolutely. It's been a privilege to be working with Grow Ketchikan. Um, since August? Yeah, since just August now. Now, the, um, the important thing about our mission here is obviously to um, to uh, encourage growth and encourage uh, our local businesses. And in order to do so, I've been taking courses. You know, I have to learn how, you know, well, let's, let's do this because there's so much potential and opportunity. And so I've been covering uh, how to build professional relationships and how to engage our community and how to expand these local businesses with concepts like marketing and attraction, finance, entrepreneurial development, real estate development, strategic planning, workforce. The whole gamut Mm -hmm. uh, is really involved when it comes to economic development. Now, um, yeah, you have to look at a lot of different things. There's, there's a lot of different issues at hand here. Uh, but most importantly, does it help our community? Is it something that our community gets behind? And there's enough public interest and support. And so I'm excited that my training continues in this course. And I'll be looking at a uh, business retention expansion course here in the next week where uh, – with a good business retention and expansion program, I'll be interviewing business owners and uh, executives about the opportunities and challenges that we have here in Ketchikan. And so uh, by gathering, we'll be gathering resources in order to help those uh, that need that assistance. Like let's say, for example, you have businesses that are struggling or they may, they may need some help. Right, so so let's look at these. Let's look at their inventory. Let's look at their cash flow management. Perhaps a company wants to expand. Uh, maybe they need an assessment of the competition here in town. Um, I couldn't be with a better group to to make that assessment. So. 
so uh, with that, I wanted to just say that um, uh, we provide all of these services uh, at Grow Catch Can, and um, and I think uh, uh, Deborah was going to elaborate just a little bit more on on some of those. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I brought the list. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> so we offer business planning, market research, financial projections. We'll help them with access to capital, market strategy, export assistance. I've done that before. Mm -hmm. And financial management, organizational development, growth counseling. And we're going to be we've given a workshop now on government contracting, and we'll be giving work, more workshops on business planning, finance, all those subjects, and negotiation and any other relevant topics that people want to hear about. So. Yeah, it sounds like I'm really a well-rounded, uh, you know, right. um, offering of services uh, and then education information, you kind of for all those important aspects surrounding business. If you want to have a business or if you want to grow your business, we can help. Absolutely. So, uh, for the future, we, we've assessed that one of the problems that why COVID hit us so hard and the pandemic hit us so hard was we're overly dependent on one industry, mm -hmm. which was tourism. And while we want to help and support the tourism industry as much as possible, we also need to diversify the economy and have a balance that will secure the future so that we any kind of thing that happens again won't take the whole town down it, right. as it did. We have a history of these boom and bust cycles, you know, from mining and forest products. They've all been great. They carried us long, but they bust. And when you just have all your eggs in that basket, everything goes. So we want to diversify and make a very broad range of things that we can rely on. And some of those could be uh, things in technology. We're mm -hmm. looking at w workforce training for people in various technology areas. Say, for example, uh, web-based things and graphic design and things like that that we could do. They can do remotely. We want right. to train people with skills that they can do remotely. And uh, we want to, for the future, We before COVID, we were working on a business plan co contest with the high school. Mm-hmm. And with a, we had a mentorpreneurs network where entrepreneurs could get together and share experiences and help each other. Mm -hmm. We'd like to bring those back. Mm -hmm. So those are things we're working on for the future. So those uh, you can become a member of Grow Catch a Can at www.growktn.org. You can call us at 907-254-5300. And our offices are in... The Pilot House Coffee Shop at 2106 Tongas Avenue, otherwise known also as the Tongas Federal Credit Union Commons. Yes, so absolutely. we are accessible for your needs. Yeah. Whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and that ties in with Catherine because she's at uh, Tongas uh, Credit Union and uh, she's the education person. And so we've actually collaborated to some degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I should fill everybody in on what I've been doing for the last, you know, little while, I guess six months now. So I left, um, and this will tie back to Grow Catch Can, but, you know, I need time to talk about myself. No, <laughs> um, but so I left 
I left Ketchikan Radio Center in December of 2020 with uh, plans to, you know, do to rebuild Tatsudas and we had all sorts of great ideas and I was going to spend time and focus on that. And then things didn't kind of the chips didn't fall as I had wanted them to. And so um, I spent quite a while just kind of lounging around crying. And then eventually Helen Mickle, who's the CEO of Tongass Federal Credit Union, called me up um, probably in July. And she said, hey, Catherine, what are you doing with yourself? And I said, I don't really know nothing. Um, <laughs> and she said, I have a position that I think that you would be perfect for. Um, and I told her, well, I'm not looking for a job, but what's the position? And one of my big loves and passions in life is really to help to develop businesses and really just to help to develop people in general. Because um, I think that the more that we help to grow people, the more sustainable our community will be in um in, in a tremendous amount of ways. And so Helen talked to me about what the position was, and part of it was doing financial education outreach work, which is which is at the heart of what Tongass Federal Credit Union does, is they go out into the schools and they teach kids and youth about money. Um, and then the other piece was to help to develop Tongass Federal Credit Union's brand new Community Business Development Center, which is the Commons at TFCU, which is home of the Pilot House and and Grow Ketchikan. Yeah. And so I went into that position in... uh, I guess I think the middle of July and, um, you know, just kind of hit the ground running, especially in developing some of the different types of programming to help to do very similar work to what Grow Ketchikan is doing, you know, in, in just making sure giving businesses and individuals who are wanting to be entrepreneurs or solopreneurs, you know, opportunity and giving them access to not just education, but Grow Ketchikan has a tremendous amount of resources and knowledge about, you know, different grants that are available or loan programs. We, Deborah, so Grow Ketchikan can um, and I partnered together for what we call our business power hours uh, back in I think it was in October we did one all about how to get your business idea financed and uh, Deborah came in and and you provided a tremendous amount of resources um, and information about different opportunities that are available um, to help with business financing it was about venture capitalists. Yeah, yeah. we talked about venture capitalists. We t- you talked about SBA loans. You talked, uh, you know, about there's some different grants that are available yeah. for underprivileged people. You know, you had a, a, a phenomenal just set of resources that extend beyond just that traditional, you know, bank financing or credit union mm-hmm. financing that's available. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that was just such a really cool thing. And you added quite a bit to that. So, <laughs> yeah, it seems like a perfect collaboration mm-hmm. yeah, between um, uh, Tongass Federal Credit Union and Grow Ketchikan and the, the Commons. It's a perfect location yes, for it, business development. And I know that you've done several one-hour uh, presentations about 
various topics. Yeah, I've got, I think we have at least 10 under our belt. Yeah, on, on varying topics. Everything from how to land a remote job from Southeast Alaska. We did, my dad and I have done a couple. We did one on customer service. We did another one on, you know, how to actually grow your business. You know, the, the three areas that you need to focus on to help to grow your business, um, as well as a whole slew of other things. So, yeah, it's been a really fun thing and I know that on our list of activities and Deborah was saying that you guys are going to do workshops like um, business planning workshops and other things and those will happen also through the commons which is um, which I think is just a, a really fabulous place and the commons is the home of pilot house coffee right there next to uh, to Tongas Towers it's, yes, a, right. it's just a wonderful uh, venue I mean they have little office spaces that people can rent yeah. you know for right short periods of time yeah. or whatever and they also have tables you can have meetings there uh it's a it's a really brilliant idea and it's working well as far as i can tell and that coffee shop i think they have the best deal in the world yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well it's a really great location especially now so ketchikan no longer has a small business development person Oh well, there's there's. But I mean, an official like Alaska small business. No, there's is there hope someone? on. No, there's hope on the horizon. There's hope on the horizon. Good. Yeah, it looks like uh, maybe there there will be. Oh. A presence here, Grow Ketchikan is working on it. Oh, good. That's wonderful. That's yeah, wonderful yeah. news. You know, I think Deborah is looking to coll collaborate with several organizations. I, you know, she's even working with Southeast Conference. Yeah, uh, Southeast Conference. The Burl. Uh, well, and, and you know, maybe in the future we'll work, you know, twist arms at the city. I mean, you know, but definitely we'll be uh, talking to SBDC. We are working oh good. for that. Good, yeah. good. That's wonderful. Yeah, because you know, it's it's really interesting. Since I stepped into this role at at Tongass Federal Credit Union, I've you know I've learned about all of the different organizations that exist just within the state of Alaska to help with economic development mm -hmm. and you know business growth and business sustainability. And it you know it takes a it takes a village to raise a child. It also takes a village, I think, to you know right. really to do all sorts of great things so I love to hear that you're you're going to be collaborating and and uh, hopefully bringing some of these additional services so well we already offer everything the SBDC does and all of their other resources are online right so we'll just be stepping in on that as well we we'll be in con contact with the SBDC very shortly that's wonderful that's wonderful so OC you're standing there yes. just listening being so good yes. so I want to know what's your favorite you know what's been the most rewarding part for you of being a part of Grow Catch Can and you know what are you most excited about when you look towards the future with what you guys are working on well I think it, a lot of it is what you'd mentioned just a moment ago is that um, building relationships here in the town you don't realize how many different organizations there are out here to help out um, we're one of them um, I you know one of the things that I really uh, enjoy is uh, building those professional relationships you know putting people in front of each other and having all these resources that come with the experience with this group of people 
And so that's probably the most rewarding part is just being able to help out these local businesses in this community that, that you know, we all call home. And so um, there's just so much opportunity and there's just so much to be involved with that there's just not enough time in the day to do everything you want to do, <laughs> right? That's very true. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so like, so building relationships mm-hmm. and what are some of the, you know, what are some of your big ideas or big hopes for, for Grow Catch Can as we move forward? Well, what I'm doing right now is I'm, I'm looking at, uh, as I mentioned, a business retention and expansion program. Mm-hmm. Now, what this entails is that it's going to be uh, getting really the, the feet on the ground and talking to local business owners, executives, uh, people that, that uh, have uh, uh, business interests here, mm-hmm. and really talking to them about uh, what it is they need just uh, who's basically what it is they need to succeed. Right. right. Uh, do they need capital? Do they need uh, uh, some instruction? Do they need uh, help with uh, uh with their management, a whole number of things. Right. You know, we have a whole list of things. Just um, and so there's there's really a lot of opportunities in that, and the challenge is really what drives us forward. I think that there's just so much fun to it. Yeah, definitely. Yes, <laughs> and Deborah, so you've been working on building Grow Catch Can for a number of years. I think you said 2017. I remember us sitting down together and you talking with me about your nonprofit that you were that you were building. You know, you had this great idea for it, um, and here we are. You know, a few years later, and you've done a lot of really great work. What was you know what what's one of the things that you're proudest of with um, what you have done through Grow Catch Can and how Grow Catch Can has been able to make an impact? Well, for the last two years, of course, and that's 50% of the time that we've been working on this, but actually more than two years now, uh, we've been overwhelmed with the CARES Act and the ARPA mm-hmm. applications, the American Rescue Plan. And I guess we can be proud that we helped people get $1.9 million that we brought into the Ketchikan economy. Uh, we didn't do it ourselves, but we help people with that. And that's most rewarding. We help people save their businesses. We help people save their homes. We uh, helped write through applications with people to get unemployment, those enhanced unemployment benefits. Mm-hmm. And we've helped people who were in desperate straits. And that's the most rewarding thing, is when you can help somebody and it, it has a good outcome. Yes. And they're, they've got it now as a solid base and a secure future. Yes, definitely, definitely. So we talked a little bit uh, about, you know, having had all of our eggs in one basket for, you know, and, and that conversation was going around yeah. a lot. You know, that thought was is not unique to any of us in this room, unfortunately, right. <laughs> you know. And, um, and I think sometimes... There are people, and I think that we do this just as general as human beings, we're looking for like the magic bullet, that one thing that's going to solve that, right. you know? Um, do you, is there a magic bullet, Deborah? Or, you know, what, what does that look like in your eyes? Well, 30 years ago, the economic development community were, uh, across the United States realized that you have to grow your own. And so it's a matter of working with local people to get the 21st century skills. Let's go, let's 
wake up, folks. We can't do it with natural resources so much anymore. That's the boom and bust economy. We have to develop those as much as we can, but that's the boom and bust economy. Mm-hmm. I know I was controller of a gold mine once. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know what mining is like. Yeah. When the, when the ore is gone, it's gone. And so we need to step into the 21st century and get those technology skills. And right now, everything is video. Yes. Everything is video. So we really need to train people how to take advantage of those kinds of technologies. Yeah. Everything is graphics. Everything is web-based. So we need to have those training programs, which we intend to bring have here, for those sectors. And we are, I am doing interviews with various people in the community now, and we really solicit input from people on their ideas for mm-hmm. additional ways we can, uh, opportunities that they see that we can develop here. Nice. And we can take advantage of the fact that the global markets are now, you can do almost anything remotely with, and we have excellent broadband now with that cable that we have to Prince Rupert. And so it's even better than most places in the whole country. Yes, for sure. So we have this fantastic resource with internet connection, and we need to take advantage of that and develop it and be part of the mainstream. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, We're talking with Deborah Hayden, O.C. Knowlton, and Bill Tatsuda with Grow Ketchikan. We're going to take a quick break and be back after these short messages from people who helped to make the show possible. All right, hold on, guys. We'll be back shortly. And we are back with First City Forum. This is Catherine Tatsuda. I am your host on this beautiful Tuesday. Welcome to February, everybody. Oh, my goodness. I'm in the studio with Deborah Hayden, O.C. Knowlton, and Bill Tatsuda, who are all three involved in helping to develop the economic strength of Ketchikan's future with Grow Ketchikan. Um, We've just been having a fabulous conversation talking about all of the things that Grow Ketchikan has done, um, what they're working on in the future. And um, I just had a really good question. Well, I think it's a good question for my dad. Have you lived here for most of your life, dad? Yes, most of my life. I think I was brought here when I was three. And my dad was born here. Yeah. my My grandfather first came in 1904. So I guess, you know, I, although I didn't get here till I was three, I was actually probably a resident here before that. You right. Know. Uh, my mother didn't trust the hospital, so I was born in Seattle. That's fair. You know, <laughs> I think late 40s is when you were born. So Yeah, yeah. And I remember being like four and, and sitting. Uh, we lived at the top of Grant Street there by Main School. And I remember them blasting the tunnel. When they oh, were, wow. When they were building the tunnel. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. They'd, they'd shoot a warning uh, sound and then, then boom. And I'd sit top of the stairs at main school and sit there and wait for the boom. <laughs> yeah. And, and really, that was the start of the boom. Ketchikan, the economy grew because of the pulp mill and the logging and all the, the influx of all the workers. So there was an expansion period all the way probably through the 80s Ketchikan was it was uphill we were growing there were, I don't remember any bus cycles actually mm-hmm. um, and then actually when the mill closed you know I, I guess we lost population but you know 
the gauge that I had was at our store. Sure. Because it depended on population and economy. Yeah. And I don't Let's, think we saw a problem with, with that, with the economy here. Yeah. So for, for anybody who doesn't know who Bill Tatsuda is, um, he is he was the third generation in the Tatsuda family to own and operate uh, Tatsuda's Grocery, also Tatsuda's IGA. That was um, a grocery store here on the south end of town. Um, we had been in operation for 104 years. Um, and then almost two years ago, a, a landslide disrupted our entire world as well as the community's world um, and so it's been a loss but so 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 Bill my dad comes from a very strong history of business and, and being um, yeah deeply aware of those cycles which is what you're talking about and so your gauge was what was your gauge for how well, things were a gauge I guess was the volume of sales we had at Tatsuda's yeah and we really didn't see a big drop when the mill shut down of course Mills on the other end of town, and most of the people lived on that end. So I don't sure. know how they felt. The biggest drop we had was Walmart. Mm-hmm. When they came in, we got nailed. I mean, it was like 33% of our business was gone overnight, and it never came back. Yeah. So we just we had to adjust. We adjusted our expenses. That's how we survived. But that was, that was more of an economic uh, hit than other things. Right. Uh, now, and then our store got nailed talking about having all your eggs in one basket yeah well pretty much that basket got crushed it got destroyed yeah and we were out of business so you know suddenly i was forced retirement uh and so we didn't experience at the store this whole covid uh thing now i i understand that the beginning of covid uh grocery stores did very well mm-hmm. because People quit going to restaurants and they started buying their food at the grocery stores. So gross sales in grocery stores were way up. But uh, I don't know how that progressed through the summer when we didn't have cruise ships for the next couple of years. Sure. I, don't, I don't know how those guys are doing now. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the that's the interesting thing about you know with what with COVID and what happened and and the economic impact of it is that you know every each business sector was impacted differently. You know, and nobody had the same experience. So, um, Deborah, how long have you lived in Ketchikan for? Thirteen years. Thirteen years. Yes, right. yeah. yeah. And what's been your experience with just kind of you know kind of watching the economic cycles um, just in those thirteen years inside of Ketchikan? Well, I've watched the tourism industry expand and expand and expand, mm-hmm. and I've been preaching economic diversification since 2009. Right. <laughs> Not in the face of that expansion, but because I knew that it was top-heavy. Right. And it was great, and we do, like I said, we do need to support that as much as possible and help it expand more, but we also need to give it some outside support mm-hmm. and have... Uh, so something's always going to happen, whether it's that sector, whether it's the construction business, uh, which is coming up with the rise in interest rates, construction could slow down. And so it's always going to be something we need to have balance. Right, 
Right, right. Yeah. So you talked a little bit um, about you know you guys you have that you have a board of directors with highly capable and smart people. Right, you have right. two wonderful people on staff who have a lot of skills and experience and mm-hmm. desire to learn and to grow uh-huh. and then share that knowledge with other people, right. which is really phenomenal. So what are some of you know some of those ideas that have been bounced around the table when you guys are all together? Do you you know brainstorming some different ways that we could diversify the economy? You know, what are some opportunities that maybe people aren't seeing or don't, maybe they see it, but they don't know that it's possible or they don't know the right people to talk to? You know, what does that look like? Well, I mentioned the technology areas. We need to explore that far more, especially in the ways that we communicate with the world. And that isn't just the videos and and the uh, internet uh, capabilities that could be uh, just any communications means at all that we do. We need to develop those technologies. We can't be on the cutting edge because we don't have a research university here. We're mm-hmm. not sitting in Palo Alto. But we, can't, we have all kinds of other opportunities that are available in the global markets as far as communications. We can improve transportation systems things like that, we can explore. Well, one of the things we are doing is exploring the feasibility of alternative transportation in and out of Ketchikan. Oh. But various ways. And it may or may not be feasible, but we're going to find that out once and for all. Right. So we're, we're working on, now don't laugh. I won't laugh. The feasibility of a road to Canada. Okay. You know, I was. Just I always speaking. get people laughing at me. No, I was just talking <laughs> with somebody. <laughs> My dad is covering his mouth. That must have been him. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and also the possibility of barging to Hyder or yes. barging back and forth to Prince Rupert, things like that. We, you know, whether we think that it's impossible or not, we just need to find that out once sure. and for all. Yeah, I was just speaking with somebody who was had the idea that you know, like that 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 connection to Prince Rupert is really important. But I know that there's a lot of complications and there's a lot of red tape and things that are associated well, with having that ferry connection. And this individual, you know, suggests he's like, well, why don't we move that ferry terminal location to Hyder? Well, it could be in both places. It could be in both places, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our wonderful representative, Dan Ortiz, has solved a lot of those problems yeah, with the good. people in Prince Rupert. And he's very optimistic about that ferry starting up this year. Good. Uh, so That would be wonderful. From yeah. there. And I'm, I know that the people in Prince Rupert are probably wanting a lot more connection. Yeah, and, and can benefit from that as well as us. We want that connection. For sure. And can benefit from it. For sure. So that's one thing. I'm looking for money right now, grant money, that to do that feasibility. And I've even talked to our local barge company, mm-hmm. and they're on board with even exploring those possibilities. Oh, nice. So... At least the person I spoke to, I can't speak for their. I can't speak for their management. But, sure, sure, but, sure, sure, sure. But there sure. was interest. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, that was encouraging. That's great. So, uh, so Dad, you were talking about affordable housing. As you know, we know that there's a need. And yeah, well, you know, with this whole idea of remote uh, working, where you don't have to be in a big city to do a job, you could do it over the internet. Mm-hmm. And if you think about Ketchikan, you know, Ketchikan 
has so much to offer people as far as quality of life. We, we live on the edge of a wilderness. We live in a beautiful place. We have all kinds of recreational opportunities here. It's a small town. It's a really nice town to live in. It's safe. Uh, you know, people are pretty darn friendly here. We're not like a, well, I shouldn't say it, but we're not like an East Coast town, you know. Um, so there's a lot of real positive reasons to want to move here. Uh, and probably one of our biggest weaknesses is that we don't have affordable housing. We don't have enough of it. I mean, sure, if, you, if you're making a lot of money, you can have someone build you a house here, you know, but it's going to cost, what, six, seven hundred thousand for, mm-hmm. for a house. But if you're not making that kind of money, where are you going to live? And that's holding us back. And uh, I just wish there was some way we could entice developers to put up a, some housing. I mean, we know that there have been studies done here that show there's a lack of affordable housing for seniors and for everyday workers. Um, and so that's something that the people out there want to start thinking and put their thinking caps on and put their heads together and figure out a way to, to make it happen. That's probably one of the biggest needs we have here. Uh, I have a resource for that. Ooh, it's shared, Deborah. <laughs> there are low-income housing tax credits mm-hmm. that you can get. And I've checked with the Alaska Housing Finance Corporation, which is the entity that administrates the administrator of those for Alaska. And there's a way we can do it here. There, There is one development that's been done here with those mm-hmm. uh, some time ago. And so it's very possible. We just have to connect with some of the people who've already done them. And I've got that list. So if anybody wants to move forward with that, I have that resource available. And there are HUD grants available uh, for some help with some of these things. So there's some resources, but you you could come and talk to me about them. I have them in my files. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be spreading rumors on KTKN, but I understand there was a housing development someone was trying to put together in town and ran into a problem with public works. Yeah. And, you know, wait a minute. Let's have the attitude. Let's get it done one way or another. Let's not stop projects because of some disagreement over how the pipes are put together. Oh, I don't know about that one. Yeah, well, I've heard that one. <laughs> and it sounded like it was pretty far along. They had investors and everything else. So, And th- maybe I'm spreading rumors. I'm sorry yes, if I am. this is all hearsay, so we want to make it sure. It could be, but I think the, the, the message here is let's all get on board with the right attitude that we need to, you know, can do, that well, can do attitude. There are resources. We just need to access them. And, mm-hmm. and I've mentioned these before, but I haven't had a, a herd coming to my door about them. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In regards to affordable housing resources, yes, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we had we had that uh, zoning request down on the waterfront, at mm-hmm. close to Birth Four, and that's that didn't go through the first time around. I don't know if it oh happened. that one, yeah, yeah, because okay. people were worried about the height of the building. They said, well, it might block my view. Well, who, whose view are they going to block? I mean, who's there? You know, the people, the people across, across the street. Well, and, yeah. and, and that's a legitimate complaint. Yeah, but you, you have know. to look at who lives across the street, and they all live up on the hill. Yeah. Well, so no. how high a building are you yeah. going to have? You yeah. Know? Oh, well. yeah, well, and, you know, 
We live in this world where everybody has their own needs mm-hmm. and their own lens in which they experience things and their own wants and their own desires. And, uh, you know, and so it's like trying to figure out how we can make good decisions while also doing the best that we can to yeah. meet the well, needs of everybody, which we can't, but, you know. My nine years on the board of Historic Ketchikan uh, educated me that we have a character to this town. We do. And and in a lot of instances, that's what we're selling to get people to move here and for the tourists to come here is the historic and the quaint, if you will, that character of the town. Mm-hmm. And we don't want a 12-story building right on the waterfront. And, and I'm not saying if they were planning one, mm-hmm. but we need to have policies the certain building heights are only appropriate for this town and for the character the visual character that we have otherwise we're going to destroy our product fair point fair point yeah historic ketchikan yeah we do you know and those can be part of the design you know yeah but we just have to get it clear about how high those buildings can be sure yeah and if that was the case uh, i don't know what the developer was planning um I read somewhere that he said it wasn't going to be very high, but we didn't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether they, he communicated that to the council or not. So we don't know what the, what the story was, but we have to, if we had a clear set of rules about that, about the building heights, there wouldn't have been a problem. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Um, I love that you spoke so much about technology. Uh, I And you have been, you know, like I said before, we, you, you spoke with me about Grow Catch Can a few years ago. And, and during that conversation, you, you spoke about technology and mm-hmm. growing our skills, growing the mm-hmm. skill set inside of, you know, the community members so that they can mm-hmm. do that work. And I really love that. And I'm very excited because tomorrow on First City Forum, Grant Echo Hawk is going to come in and talk with me about what he's learned um, about you know opportunities inside of technology he I know he's currently a borough assembly member he is coming as a citizen of Ketchikan not an assembly member but during his campaign he you know he was talking to I mean left and right I saw him all over the place having conversations and one of those big ideas that he has in conversations he had was about how can we expand the education and technology how can we bring our our citizens, our kids, our adults up to date in those skills so that they can get those in-demand jobs and they can earn more money? Because right. we can do that all from Ketchikan, as was said earlier, thanks to that you know fiber optic cable that KPU has installed. Um, and it just opens up the whole world to us. All of those courses are online. Hey, <laughs> it's there's a, it's amazing what information is available online. In fact, because we want to be promoting this, we want we're I'm talking to OC about getting enrolled in the LA Film School. Oh, nice! And getting yeah. those skills himself. Right. Yeah. So that I looked at going to the LA Film School. You, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You do, You were. No, you? I didn't go there. I oh, went somewhere else. Yeah. But, but yeah. You know about it. It's, yeah. It's one of the premier film schools in the world. Of course, it's sitting there in L.A., yeah. Hollywood. Uh, so I don't know how, if you're making progress about getting enrolled there, but you certainly, we're, we're moving that direction. Right, right, because one of our main focuses is this technology and bringing an up-to-date picture on where we stand now. Um, having had 
COVID happened over the last couple of years and everything really being on its head and really looking at the possibility of, of let's do this remote working thing. Let's bring people here that can work for companies that are, oh, that are, that, yeah, right. And so, and so that's something that, that we're certainly looking into mm-hmm. uh, because the technology's there mm-hmm. and it's really, uh, uh, it's something that, um, that uh, we're hoping to get more information about. We're asking each individual, how did everything affect your business? Uh, you know, can you benefit from, from these types of programs and, and bring that to them? So. So if we have somebody demonstrate how they can get those skills through online courses, and all those courses at LA Film School are online. Oh, good, yeah. Yeah. Everything's so online. Everything's yeah, online. Yeah, everything's online. But we, will, we want to demonstrate that. And, right. And then make it, I would hope that I can put together some financial resources so that we can get uh, people, other people enrolled in those kinds of courses mm-hmm. online. Mm-hmm. And have maybe a venue like the commons, the commons, yes, where they can come and do the classes, and you don't know, have to be trying to do them on their own, right? Because that's that's really a hurdle. It yes. is. It it really is a hurdle. It's hard to do. It's hard to be by yourself and do an online class, right. and then right. you know, and not be able to really connect with other people, and then actually share that information that you're learning and share right. your experiences with people. So I was very fortunate that a few years ago, M- Michelle O'Brien when she was with KPU, brought video videography training here. There were four courses. I took three of them mm-hmm. simply because I wanted to know what it was all about. And so I've been working on that ever since, trying mm-hmm. to get that here. Yeah, I love it. I love yeah. it. So we've been speaking with Deborah Hayden, O.C. Knowlton, and Bill Tatsuda uh, with Grow Ketchikan. And, you know, what I'm really getting from this conversation, you know, we talked a lot about just economic development and, you know, what the future could look like for Ketchikan. And Grow Ketchikan isn't, they're not the ones who are going to be starting the businesses. They're not the ones who are going to be, you know, doing that but they're a conduit to all of the people who are doing those businesses who have the ideas who need the resources and they're there to share that information with everybody and we have a caller headphones on everybody let's see if i remember how to do this thank you for calling for city forum this is Catherine. who am i speaking with Oh, I can't hear you. Hold on one second. Tracy's going to come in and help me because I don't know what's wrong. Oh, I forgot That's I had to press the button. Time. Um, you should have these folks on more often and maybe just pick one um, small portion of their, like you had a port, you're talking about affordable homes there. Mm-hmm. Uh, have one, just a program on that and, uh, you know, invite a builder or two or Maybe just a young couple or something that's looking for affordable homes and what are some of the things they run into um, and just uh, have these folks on and kind of, I think this is the best program I've heard in a long time on there. Oh, well, thank you very much. Yeah, I love your idea, coming back and, and focusing on the different topics that we've that we've had. That's a brilliant idea, and I'm going to take that, and I'm going to work on that. So thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate you. Yeah, you bet. And then also, uh, I heard several times, I, I kind of had to laugh that um, we have all our eggs in one basket, but everybody forgets the biggest industry in town is commercial fishing. That's true. And, and we didn't have our, all our eggs in one basket. We were putting 
all our effort towards one basket and forgetting all the others. Yeah. And I, I think that needs to be uh, developed. you you got to help an industry every once in a while, and you have to do it more than you do others. But there's a time when you have to look at the, the remaining ones and say, what can we do also for them? Yeah. Uh, instead of just asking them to move aside, we're coming through type of thing. So, But I think just an excellent, excellent program. And there's so many different topics you touched. I think you could have programs on those for the next year and still not touch them all. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate you listening and calling in and um, giving that ideas and feedback. And then what you said about commercial fishing is spot on. You're absolutely right. It wasn't, yeah. <laughs> we were putting a lot of energy into one. Deborah wants to add something? I, 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 I will. Could they give their phone number out again? Okay. Uh, yep, uh, Deborah's going to, yep, De- we'll share that contact information. Deborah had a comment though, I think, yep. for you. Uh, the phone number is 907-254-5300. Okay. Well, I have okay. helped the commercial fishing industry in the oh, past. Oh, good. Yeah. When I was working with the borough, I uh, was helped catalyze the building of the drive-down dock at Bar, Bar Harbor for the fishermen. They've been wanting that for 20 years, and we just needed to uh, have a survey of them and gather the data and lay it before the assembly, and that made it happen. That's awesome. And so yeah. it went forward. They partnered with the city, and now it's, right. there's that, a drive-down dock. You know, that was an excellent project, uh, you know, that's used by lots, lots of people there. Yeah. But there's just a lot of other aspects that commercial fishing has been kind of shoved aside yeah. in regards to mm-hmm. uh, get out of our way, we're coming through, the tour ship's coming through and you somehow have to work together. Exactly. Yeah, sometimes you have to step aside for the other group, Yeah. but you should also have in the back of your mind that, well, this is temporary, we're stepping aside because our turn will come. As a commercial fisherman, I've done it for, this will be my 60th straight season. Oh, wow. And I've seen the change in Ketchikan as we uh, um, pushed for tourism. You push the other industries aside. And I give you a, a dozens of examples. And it, I think the community had a breather here for two years to realize that we do have other industries that mm-hmm. are supporting the community. Mm-hmm. And they need to be taken into account as we're making the visitor industry uh, grow and prosper as we all hope it does absolutely we want to lift all of all of the different industries and not just focus on one i'm going to have to let you go we're coming close to the end of the show but thank you have a great day okay you bet bye-bye bye-bye I, i would mention i have helped commercial fishermen with various things not just the covid things but uh also, uh, one of the areas that we're working on is mariculture and kelp farming. I've helped a kelp farm work with some market research, and we're working on a co-op kelp farm in Georgia. Inlet. So oh, we hope great. To really expand that industry. Yeah. It's, it's got an unlimited markets, and it's just an That's incredible exciting. product. That's so wonderful. Yeah. All right. Um, we have about a minute left, so I just yeah. want to say thank you to the three of you. Again, this was Deborah Hayden, O.C. Knowlton, Bill Tatsuda with Grote Ketchikan, and we're talking all about economic development. That's what they specialize in, and they are located down by Tongas Towers inside of the Commons at TFCU, which is the home of Pilot House Coffee. That's where their office is. You can visit their website. What's your website? One more time, Deborah. It's at www.groktn.org. Wonderful. 
Yep. And <laughs> if you Google or whatever your favorite search engine is, say Grow Catch a Can, you will find them. <laughs> Anyways, this is the end of First City Forum today. Again, I'm Catherine Tatsuda. So excited to be sharing Tuesdays and Wednesdays with you moving forward. And we're going to have more great conversations like this one today. You guys have a wonderful day, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Catherine. Bye.